Praise the Lord, O sing unto the Lord a new song. Let the congregation of the faithful praise him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Thank you. I am God's wheat, and I shall be ground by the teeth of beasts, that I may become the pure bread of Christ. St. Ignatius of Antioch on his way to martyrdom in Rome. Lord, you have granted me to go before and through the fire for your name. St. Margaret of Antioch, before being martyred at 15 years old during the reign of Emperor Diocletian. Lord Jesus Christ, my God, I thank you for having firmly set my feet on the rock of faith and directing my steps in the pathways of salvation. St. Catherine of Alexandria, after she rebuked the emperor for his persecution of Christians before she was beheaded. I follow Christ, who has given us an example. King Edmund of Anglia, in 870, before being martyred by the Danes. No matter how fiercely the powers of this world oppress and oppose the church, they will never bring it down. St. Andrew Kim Tagon, priest and martyr of Korea. A Christian who gives his life for God is not afraid to die. St. Charles Luanga of the 19th century Ugandan martyrs. For Jesus Christ, I'm prepared to suffer more. St. Maximilian Kolbe, priest who volunteered to die on behalf of a man with a wife and children in Auschwitz concentration camp. While the opportunity is there, I preach the gospel with all my might and my conscience is clear before God that I had not sided with the present government that is utterly self-seeking. St. Giovanni Luam martyred Archbishop of Uganda in defiance to Idi Amin, 1980s. Lord Jesus Christ, save me. Lord Jesus, the last words read on the lips of the 21 martyrs of Libya in 2015 before being killed by ISIS. These are the recorded words documented to us for centuries. But as we read in Ecclesiasticus, how many are there who have no memorial, who perished as though they had not lived, they have come before as though they had not been born and have their children after them. But these were nevertheless men of mercy whose righteous deeds have not been forgotten. And their descendants, it will remain a godly inheritance to their posterity. Their descendants stand by the covenants. Their children also 
for their sake. Their posterity will continue forever, and their glory will not be blotted out. All Saints Day is not a day where we remember the saints known. The rest of the church year is for that purpose, right? There are all those days on the calendar. If you have an, an, a church calendar, you see those little names at the bottom of each day commemorating saints that we know of and commemorate as a church. All Saints Day is all about the saints that we don't know, who have no memorial, who have no commemoration, because they remain unknown to the church. However, they're known forever and have an eternal memorial before God, before the angels, and before the blessed. When we say, I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, we're referring to those saints known and unknown, to those martyrs known and unknown, to those who've gone before us, to those who will come after us, perhaps even to us, if we're called to such a fate. But we believe in the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins, and it's no coincidence that those statements are bound together in the Apostles' Creed. Last year, we looked a great deal at the resurrection of the body, if you remember. We actually celebrated a Requiem Mass on Sunday, which is usually not done. But we did that as a teaching to remember those who had gone before us, and this year we continued that tradition on Thursday. But today we're focusing on these two phrases, on the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins, sorry, these three phrases, and the life everlasting. If you take one of those away, if you go down to two only, the others fall, you see. It's the communion of saints that's conveyed to you and me here at this time in this place in the 21st century, the good news that sin can be forgiven and that eternal life is possible only through the name of Jesus Christ. For without the communion of saints, there would be no scriptures, there would be no church, there would be no body to which to belong. It's in God's providence that this conveyance of the faith to us has come through people like you and me. I was talking to the catechumens upstairs, some preparing for baptism and one preparing for confirmation. And I said, what is it that's special about the communion of saints? Why is that special? Why do we celebrate them and don't just say, look to Jesus? Of course, it's good to say to look to Jesus at all times. But actually, Finn, I think it was you that had the insightful answer, because they're more like us. <laughs> because they're more like us. Because they show us what Jesus looks like in all sorts of different contexts, in different nations, in different challenges, and where we are today. But without the forgiveness of sins, all that would be for naught. For it's the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ that makes this community possible in the first place. From the very beginning, sin destroyed community. Do you realize that? Sin destroyed community at the beginning in Genesis. Alienating Adam from Eve, Eve from Adam, 
humanity from God, even having reverberations into the angelic world. But God's action in Jesus Christ on the, in the incarnation through his passion on the cross by his resurrection and ascension made possible that reunion, that communion, that thing, that word we find in the New Testament, that koinonia, that community, because of what he's done, that can be repaired. And then finally, the life everlasting is what God intended from the beginning for all of his creatures. It makes community and even physical death, it makes physical death not even something that breaks apart community, right? It bridges even physical death, those that have died with those that are currently alive in this world. And so today, as we celebrate All Saints Sunday together, and we ponder that mystery, we look at this particular aspect. You see, it's so easy for us to have a small view of the church, who is our spiritual mother. But ever before us, rather because ever before us, are the small, ill-cared-for buildings, although this one's pretty well cared for these days, bare-bones budgets, as we always hear from our treasurer, the all-fallible clergy, as you see in front of you, <laughs> and inexperienced and unqualified laity, which each one of us, when we come to a point in our lives, realize is the case in what Jesus has called us to do. But that's not the church in her full reality. In her full reality... She's much greater. And because she's all things in Christ, she's able to be presented pure and spotless. By the forgiveness of sins, by the grace of God, in calling and equipping, and in giving further grace to persevere even in difficult times, ordinary human beings like you and me are being made saints as generations pass. No, you might not be called to martyrdom, however you may be. But, nevertheless, the Holy Spirit is being poured into each of us so as to live our lives as living sacrifices before God so that we one day will be presented. And I think All Saints Day is especially helpful for us because... Sometimes we forget that we live before one person whose opinion and whose memory counts the most. Not everybody sees what you do quietly. Not everybody sees your prayers. Not other, everybody sees your deeds of righteousness, your, your acts of mercy. But like those mentioned in Ecclesiasticus 44... God sees all of that, and it delights him. Look at verses 1 through 7 with me. Let us now praise famous men and our fathers in their generations. It's kind of curious that the author begins by saying that and then speaks of those who have no memorial. But the reason he does so is that they do have a memorial in the Lord. And then look at Revelation 
our second reading. Chapter 7. And look at verses 9 and 10 with me. St. John the Divine says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Men and women from all nations and all places stand around the throne of God. And you better believe that not all of these are known to us, but we might be numbered with them. You see, there's a special place for those martyrs in the church who've shed blood, as this passage shows us. But we too have a part to play. In baptism, you, dear friends, have been counted righteous, part of Christ's own by the giving of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have baptisms on All Saints Day to remind us that we enter into that family of God. It also reminds us that we have a charge to keep in our own day, to be firm until the end. The good news from Matthew's Gospel reminds us what the world sees and values is not what God sees and values in human beings. The world often does not recognize or memorialize the poor in spirit or the humble, the meek, the quietly strong, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness truly, asking no glory to themselves, a well-ordered soul, the pure of heart, the peacemakers, or the persecuted. And yet, this gospel tells us that it is these who are the saints and who are happy and blessed. How can such people be happy and blessed? How could the people whose quotes I read at the beginning of this sermon be happy and blessed? Because in such circumstances, they see God as the loving Father that provides everything that they need. They learn that what he gives is peace and happiness that surpasses anything the world can give. And so today we commemorate those who have no memorial and who have perished, and yet who have glory in the eyes of the Father. And we remember that we're part of that family. It's a bond that is baptism that is stronger than blood, a bond stronger than national tie. bond stronger than any other bond able to withstand even death. And we remember that in that bond we're united in blessed beatitude. On All Saints Day, we remember and we take heart. By God's grace, we sing of our spiritual heritage and family. But also, I hope the stories that we began with prick your conscience a bit, as they did my own, as I read through them this week. What have I been asked to give? From what do I demure? In what ways am I a coward? 
Not that you beat yourself up. That's not the point. But in what ways is Jesus challenging you and calling you to grow in your faith, to give all of yourself, so that you can, like those martyrs, truly be blessed and happy knowing that whatever he provides for you is more important than what you think is important, that what you think is valuable. You see, I hope your consciences are pricked by beatitude. For some have given of themselves so much, and Christ indeed asks so little. Ask yourself, how am I walking in his ways? Do I trust him? Do I make a big deal about the things he asks me to do? Do I pat myself on the back when I am obedient, when I deserved to do that, or when I was, should have done that to begin with? How am I living for the happiness and the blessedness of the life everlasting? Dear friends, may that be a challenge to you, as it is to me, and may we live in heart as well as mind and speech to be able to say that last phrase of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting to the end, to death, till we see him face to face. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, turning to page 109, let us confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed, together saying, We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who hath spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, 
We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.